0: John, you're a valued member of this team, and I hear your concerns. This appears to be a situation where you disagree with the organization's decision to come back to the office. And that's okay. But the organization has made a decision on this. And if you're not back in the office on Monday, that will be taken as your resignation. Whew. That was tough to say. And I was just saying it into a camera. Not to a colleague named John who is professing concerns about returning to the office during a pandemic. Welcome to HR Party of One. I'm your host, Ryan McCausland. After months of working remotely, more and more employers are preparing to have their employees come back to the office. Some employees will welcome the opportunity to return. Others won't. Today, let's talk about difficult conversations you may need to have with those employees who resist returning or who refuse to return altogether. And here's what we're going to cover. First, we'll talk about how to announce a return to work date. Then we'll cover how to position HR's role in the transition back to the office. And finally, how to have those difficult conversations if they come up. Let's get started. How should you announce your return to work date when you have one? First and foremost, some of you may be thinking that, you should announce it on a company-wide video call. Or maybe your managers should bring it up in one-on-one conversations with each employee. Both of those are bad ideas. Instead, you should draft communication announcing your decision and the reasoning behind it. Then you should email that communication to the team so that everyone receives it at the same time. In that communication, you should include when a company-wide video call will be held so that you can further discuss the decision. That video call should be held within a day or two of sending the email. You take this approach so your team has an opportunity to digest the decision and the reasoning behind it, and also so they have access to an open forum where they can voice any concerns. Now some of you may be thinking, I thought this episode was about how to have difficult conversations, not about how to announce a return date. And we'll get to that part. In order to be successful having those difficult conversations, It's critically important to get the steps right leading up to them. We've put together a return to work announcement template. I'll include a link to it in the description below. You can use it for your own organization. Let's go over what's in it and why it's important. First, start by thanking your team for the sacrifices they've made and for the inconvenient adjustments to their work life, habits, and routines. It's important to acknowledge that right out the gate. Then get straight to your reopening timeline. This section will vary based on your specific return to work plan. Make sure you pay attention to state and local regulations around phasing up when creating and communicating your plan. This is also where we bring up that some employees may fall into a high risk category. Acknowledge that some exceptions may be made to the requirement to return to the office. Up next, we list in detail the changes your organization is making to ensure everyone's safety. This is whatever you're doing, it may include enhanced cleaning and disinfection, six feet of space between desks and workspaces, daily temperature checks, PPE requirements, and anything else your company or facility has incorporated. Following that is a list of safety guidelines for employees to follow when they return. That may include things like washing your hands often and for at least 20 seconds, staying six feet away from your coworkers, wearing masks, staying home if you're feeling unwell, and again, any other guidelines your company is requiring from employees. The letter then goes on to say, we encourage you to contact Human Resources if you have any questions about these new procedures. This is the invitation we're making that may lead to those difficult conversations. If you don't do it, then employees may go to their manager instead to have these conversations. And in a minute, we'll talk about why it's best for them to come to you. This letter is also a good opportunity to remind employees of your employee assistance program if you have one. With the added stress caused by the pandemic and all the uncertainty around it, EAPs are more valuable than ever. We did an entire episode on this, and it's called Mental Health, Employee Assistance Programs. I'll leave a link to it in the description. Check it out for more information on how you can make sure your team is getting the most out of their EAP if you offer one. As you wrap up your letter, close with a sincere thank you again to your employees for sticking with your organization during a difficult period. This letter should come from you, the HR party of one not from the president or CEO of your organization. After you send it, also send a calendar invite to your team, inviting them to a video call where the return to work decision will be discussed further. And this brings us to the next topic we'll cover, how to position HR's role in the transition back to the office. You've heard me say it before, fellow HR party one, that your job is as strategic as you make it. And this is an especially big opportunity for you to make a big impact on your organization and elevate your role. Your CEO, president, or COO is gonna be relieved if you raise your hand and say, you're just gonna handle this and you'll do it well. As I've already alluded, you should even advocate that any manager who gets a question about this from an employee should just refer that employee to you. Furthermore, you should be the only one who can grant an exception to the requirement to return to the office. Why? Well, the reality is who knows what can of worms could get opened here. Let's look at one example of something that could happen. Kevin has asthma, and so he says he's at high risk. He wants an exception made for him. Simone's grandmother lives with her family. She says she doesn't feel comfortable potentially exposing herself and then her grandmother to COVID-19. Kevin's manager, Enrique, gives Kevin permission to continue working from home. Simone's manager, Jenny, rejects Simone's request and requires her to come to the office. And word gets out, the company doesn't care about Simone's grandmother as much as the company cares about Kevin. Sound bad? It gets worse. Kevin told his friend and colleague, Carrie, that his asthma was a super mild case that hadn't flared up since he was young. But he really liked working from home and had a 30-minute commute to the office, so he was going to try to use the asthma as an excuse to keep working from home. Carrie mentioned that to Sarah, who's friends with one of Simone's friends. And Simone finds out. Word spreads about this, and now people are really mad. The case is easy to make that managers should not have the power to grant exceptions on their own, but the decision shouldn't go to your CEO or president either. They have competing priorities and a business to run. You'll be the one closest to this. It needs to come to you. You've been the one who's preparing the most for these conversations and for having your team return. Make this case to your colleagues and take on this challenge. In other words, HR should have the primary leading role in the transition back to the office. Any requests for exceptions to this requirement should come to you. When you host the video call that comes shortly after your announcement, use the screen share feature to open the letter and go through it line by line with your team. After you go through it, open it up to questions. And if you get a question that you're not sure how to answer, write it down and then follow up. If you get requests for exceptions right then and there, ask that employee to email you directly so that you can discuss it further. All right, we're teed up. You're the one in the hot seat and you've stepped up to lead these difficult conversations. You're doing a great service to your organization and it's a big responsibility. I expect few organizations who orchestrate this return to the office transition will emerge from it without at least a few scars. When a manager refers someone to you who's requested an exception or someone reaches out to you directly, schedule a video call with that person. When you're on that call, start by saying, I understand that you have some concerns about returning to work. Tell me about them. Then listen and listen intently. Make that employee feel heard by stating back to them the concerns that they've voiced. Have a paper and pen visible on the screen. Show them that you're writing down their concerns. And take them seriously, so the employee knows that you're treating them with the respect and consideration they deserve. Once it seems the employee has expressed all their concerns, say, thank you for this. Is there anything else you want me to know? If they say no, then you can close by using this language. Okay. Well, I have a few more requests for exceptions that I need to evaluate before I can give you an answer on this. I'll follow up with you in the next week or so with what I end up determining. At that point, the individual may express frustration. They may even want you to give them an answer on the spot. If they do, then you can say the following. The organization wants to make sure it's being fair and consistent across all teams and types of requests related to not coming back to the office yet. I can't know that I'm doing that until I've had a chance to evaluate all of the requests together. Like I said, I'll follow up with you in a week or so. Don't budge from this. There's no reason to give answers on the spot or to give any indication of what you ultimately decide. It's okay if an employee feels frustrated here. It's not okay for you to jeopardize the objective of treating each decision fairly. Once you've listened to all the requests, It's now time to evaluate each of them and decide who gets an exception and who doesn't. Some of you may be thinking, well, now it's time to bring them to the president or CEO so that we can review them together. Ideally, this doesn't involve your president or CEO. You have all the information, and you can make the determinations on your own. This sort of thing should stand firmly in HR. The leader of your organization may ask to see the requests. You should advocate that they stay out of it. You can handle this and they'll be able to focus on other areas of the business. Whether or not to grant an exception based on an employee's circumstances is is outside the purview of today's conversation and this episode. But I will say that you need to remember that everyone's gonna be watching and judging whether the decisions you make are fair and consistent. If a manager comes to you and asks, why wasn't my employee's exception granted? You need to have a fair and defensible explanation. So how do you have the conversation with an employee whose request you're denying? Your decision should be written down, and it should go something like this. Hi, Laura. As you know, I fielded an array of requests from employees to continue working from home despite the organization deciding it was time for people to return to the office. I've decided to, to decline your request. Ultimately, it did not feel fair to the employees who are coming back to the office for you to continue working from home. I'm happy to discuss this further with you if you'd like. Thank you, and look forward to seeing you soon. It's possible you'll get an angry response back. If that happens, reiterate the focus on fairness and offer to have another video call with the employee to learn even more about their concerns. If the employee takes you up on that offer to have another video call, be prepared to have another difficult conversation. At this point, it's appropriate to use the words I shared at the top of this episode. Laura, you're a valued member of the team and I hear your concerns. It appears this is a situation where you disagree with your organization's decision to return to the office. That's okay. The organization has made its decision on this, though. And if you're not at the office and ready to work on our return to work day, that will be taken as your resignation. Make no mistake. You'll need to practice these words in a mirror so that you can say them with, with sincerity and empathy and really get that across while maintaining your conviction. Now, I already know um, you're gonna have some questions. I've anticipated them. Let's go through those now. First, what if you personally disagree with the organization's decision to return to the office? Should you share that sentiment with the employee to to, to make them feel better in some way? Absolutely not. Your opportunity to express your concerns about returning to the office is when you're having that conversation with, with the president or the CEO and crafting your plan for returning to work. Once the decision has been made, it's your job as an HR party of one to ensure a smooth transition. Suggesting broadly to the team that you have your own concerns is gonna undermine the organization and potentially harm the health of your organization in the long run. Second, some of you may be thinking, my boss hasn't really thought through all the considerations you pointed out in this episode. Have they really thought through this enough to make a wise decision? Maybe not. If that's the case, then by all means, share this episode. Have them watch it. Depending on the size of your organization, it may be naive to think that some employees aren't going to resist coming back and want to continue working from home, and that the drama around that could ultimately hurt the health of your organization in the long run. In your CEO's eagerness to return herself. She may not have fully fleshed this out. For what it's worth, our team at Bernie Portal isn't planning on returning until after Labor Day. Once you've fully considered all the implications of this, it could be that you decide to postpone your return date or have employees work remotely just a little while longer. Third, what if a decision you make to decline a return to work exception ends up getting overruled by your president or CEO? In other words, you decline a request, that employee makes a stink, and your CEO decides to overturn your decision and let that employee continue to work from home. This would be bad for the organization for a number of reasons, and you want to avoid it. To do that, ask your boss up front if they completely trust your judgment on this. And if an employee who's a high performer ends up resigning based on your decision, are are they comfortable with that? Name some employees who you know are high performers. Think of those as real hypotheticals. If your boss says that he or she isn't comfortable with you leading this, then your plan should be to have all of your one-on-one conversations with employees requesting exceptions, then bring those to your boss, review each of the requests, and tell your boss what your recommendation is, what your decision would ultimately be. If your boss disagrees with you, well, then you can have that conversation there. But if you've used good judgment and, and made the right decisions, then you will have inspired confidence. And the next time something like this comes up, your judgment will be trusted. Now, as always, before I go, I wanna leave you with some resources. First up, download our return to work letter template and use it as a guide to craft your own return to work message. While you're at it, download our return to work readiness checklist, which covers all the common questions employers have about reopening your workplace. Also, check out our episode, guidelines and best practices for returning to work, where we go over common questions that employers have as they begin to bring employees back to the work site. If you want to go deeper, I'm including OSHA's guidance for preparing workplaces for COVID-19, which contains recommendations as well as descriptions of mandatory safety and health standards. If you found this information helpful, remember to like, subscribe, and ring the bell so that you're notified when new episodes are released. And if you know another HR party one who, who, who maybe could learn from this, please share it, hopefully, with phased reopening, continued social distancing, and more stringent cleaning and disinfectant procedures. We'll get back to normal soon or something more close to normal. As an HR party of one, it's your job to help navigate these choppy waters. Remember, your job is as strategic as you make it.